copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Broadcast 102. All cars watch closely the operator of nailed cronies to leave the pending narcotics. That's all. Rose and close. Them down. 
it wasn't always easy. One of the most difficult men we had to break was a one-time petty pickpocket who muscled into the dope racket and made himself a big shot. His name makes no difference. He has paid his debt to society, so for the purpose of our story, we will call him Mayo Cronin. It was in 1927. One day, Chief David summoned Detective Returned Speaker into his office. Good morning, Chief. Come in, Speaker. Sit down. Speaker, you've had a lot of narcotic experience, haven't you? Yes, sir. I was up north to the State Enforcement Bureau for several years. Mm-hmm. You know who nails Cronin is, Speaker? Sure, everybody knows who he is. Big shot dope peddler. Fence. Got ambitions to be a West Coast Capone. That's right. They're saying around town that I can't get it. Well, he's a pretty slick customer. None of the boys have ever been able to hang anything on him yet. He lets the mules at work for him take the rap. Yes, I know. He's the hardest sort of individual with whom to deal. But I don't think they're right when they say we can't get it. Do you? No, sir. I knew you'd agree with me. Very well, Sigurd. I'm going to make you captain of the combined robbery and narcotics squad. And I'm going to give you one big job. Get Cronin. Yes, sir. It may take me a year, but I'll get him. Slowly, the police spin their web. A dozen detectives shadow a dozen dope peddlers. Make arrest after arrest. But never can they put the finger on nails Cronin. Then one day, as Detective Lieutenant Edwards, one of Sager's men, is entering police headquarters, a man approaches him. Hi, Edwards. Yes, what is it? Cronin wants to talk to you. What about? I said I know. He's coming with a cellular, he wants to talk to you. Well, I don't want to talk to him. Ah, be a smart guy, Edwards. It'll only take a minute. He's sitting right over there on his car. Well, okay. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Neil. Been you since the day you tried to pinch me for possession of liquor. <laughs> and you forget your face when you found that bottle in the back of my car was full of cleaning fluid. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. Yeah, yeah. And again, Jim Davis has put his bloodhounds in my trail again. Yeah? Don't tell me you don't know anything about it. You work for Seager, don't you? Yeah. You don't make much money, do you, Edwin? I don't need to tell you what a copper salary is. Would you like an extra two hundred dollars a month for what? Telling me what Sigurd's plans are. No thanks. Being a little foolish, Edward. Well, I'll arrest you for bribery, Cronin. But you won't, guy. You haven't any witnesses. Two here, deaf, dumb, and blind, ain't you, sir? Huh? Well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me not take anything. Well, how about it, Edward? I told you no. And you'd better move that car of yours. You're parked in the yellow. I can run you in for that, you know. Ah, no, you can't. The loading zone. I just got to pick up my friend Sue here. So long, Captain. So he offered you a bribe, huh? That's just fine. What do you mean? He's worried. You must be getting pretty close to him. Sure, we're getting close to him, Captain. I'll tell you that bit of Mrs. Hard I've been feeling, or he keeps mules. I'm sure of it. Well, it's worth a try. 
Have you booked that mate from Pedro you just brought in, Chipwood? No, he's still outside. Okay, bring him in. Right. Come in, Pedro. Pedro, we've got plenty on you to send you to the big house for a nice long stay. Oh, please, Senor El Capitani, not to rest with Pedro. Pedro, one good citizen and taxpayer. Pedro, not a bad man. Here's the two ounces of narcotics we found on you. You can't deny that. Oh, no, but you see, this is the very first time I do anything like this. You let me go, huh? I never do it again. I think maybe we can arrange something like that. Oh, gracias, senor. Capitan, gracias. On one condition. See, senor? That you do a little favor for us. Oh, see, senor. Of course, anything I can do. You uh, know a man and his wife of the name of Howard? Mr. and Mrs. Sandy Howard? Sandy Howard? Oh, see, I know him. I want you to buy three ounces of morphine from them. You want me to... I do not understand. Oh, it is a trap, huh? So you can arrest me all over again. I don't understand that. I'm arrested already. No, I don't want to arrest you all over again, Pedro. I'm after bigger fish than you. I want to arrest Sandy Howard and his wife. And for buying three ounces from them, you will let me go free? I think we can arrange it. If you promise not to peddle any more junk. Oh, see, see, I promise. Only words over Gonzalez. Well, we'll give you a chance. Now, here's what you do. You call Sandy Howard and make a date with him to make the buy. You'll have two officers hidden in the rumble seat of your car. After you've given Howard and his wife the marked money... Where do I get the marked money? Don't worry, we'll provide that. And after they've given you the morphine, you clap your hands together and say, Now I can make myself a little Dunell. I clap my hands together like this and say... Now I can make myself a little dinero. That's right. And that'll be the signal for the two men in the rumble seat to make the arrest. Oh, he's very simple. I'm glad for the really simple, my good friend. Pedro makes a date to meet the Howards at Baudry and First Street. Around the corner, Captain Sigurd spots six police cars with plain frozen at the wheel. Pedro, with two officers hidden in the rumble seat of his car, drives up to the corner. A moment later, Mr. and Mrs. Howard arrive in their car. Howard saunters over to Pedro and to Sigurd, watching from the opposite corner, there appears to be an argument. When did you go around, Captain? Pedro's getting out of his car. Yeah, do you suppose that Mexican's double-crossing it? I don't know, but he's getting in the hard car. And swinging around. Oh, be gone. What? Oh, and the whole thing. Of Mrs. Hogg giving us a bird. She's thumbing her nose at us. Follow them. Don't let them get out of sight. Okay, Captain. Now, wait a minute. There's no use following them. Why not? They're wise. If we tail them, they'll just give us a runaround. Might as well go back to the corner and hope that Pedro is on the level and bring them back there somehow. Here. All right. What 
look out the door, Pedro. Yeah, but where's the more clean? It's stashed in that head. Hand us over the door and go pick it up for yourself. Well, okay. But it's a very fine business. It's a very safe business if you do it this way. Right there in front of you. Oh, yeah. Okay, Pedro. We got the money, you got the junk. Call us up when you need some more. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Senor Hart. What's the matter? You're not going to leave me away here on Sunset Boulevard, are you? Sure, why not? But my car is all the way over on Bordrich. I cannot walk so far. It's too hot. Oh, we might as well take him back, Sandy. Okay, hop in, Pedro. <laughs> Oh, I know that story, and I'm tired of it. I said you're going to help us get him. 
Okay. For a price. Which is? Sandy's freedom. All right, Mrs. Howard. We'll go further than that. We'll do our best to get the district attorney to drop charges against not only your husband, but yourself. If you'll play ball with us until we get thrown in. It's a deal. With one more stipulation. What's that? That neither you nor your husband go back to the narcotic wagon. Okay. That's a deal, too. And if you do, he'll fix you up with a nice long-term lease on a Marine View apartment at San Quentin. <laughs> Captain Seeger and the district attorney arranged to reduce the bail on Mrs. Howard so that Cronin's attorney can meet the figure. Immediately upon her release, Mrs. Howard is taken to the detective's office. Well, Captain, here I am. Practically a free woman again. That's fine, Mrs. Howard. Now what do I have to do to spring Sandwich? Well, let's see. We've got to make this sound legitimate. I'll tell you. You call Cronin and tell him you want to buy a hundred ounces of morphine so you can raise the dough for Sandy's release. Okay, hand me the phone. You know, Cap, I never thought much of cops before I met you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Why, now I almost got myself believing you're human beings. I... Hello, Nails. Yeah, this is Birdie. I... Yeah, I just got out. And say, Nails, thanks a million for stinging me. Gosh, I don't know what to say. I... Yeah, that told you ain't no boudoir. But say, how about Sandy? Oh, I know you ain't got a hundred grand, but I ain't got a husband neither. I... Listen, here's the dope. I can unload a lot of stuff. My customers' tongues are hanging out. Yeah, say about a hundred ounces. What? Four grand? Well, ain't that a little steep? I... Okay, I gotta get that guy of mine out of jail no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Nails. In an hour. Well? He fell for it. I'm to go to the top of Angel's Flight in an hour from now, get a cab there, and go to the corner of Forest and Alvarado. There'll be a car there waiting for me. It'll take me to him, only I... Only what? Oh, he wants me to bring the cash with me. Four thousand bucks. Four thousand dollars? You haven't got that much money available for purchases. Well, that's the deal. Cash on the line. Well, all right. I got a friend who can raise it. I'll find my personal note for it. Your personal note? Sure. You don't know how anxious I am to get that bird. With grave misgivings, Captain Sugar follows Mrs. Howard and his $4,000 in marked money from Angel's Flight to the corner of Fourth and Alvarado. Where Mrs. Howard transfers from the cab to a yellow coupe driven by a Negro chauffeur, which takes her to the corner of Highland Avenue and Sunset Boulevard, where she again changes cars. To enter the armored limousine of Mayor Cronin, which immediately starts up Highland for Mulholland Drive. Here, for fear of being detected by the wily Cronin, Peter is forced to abandon the case and return to his office. There, for the next several hours, he nearly bitingly awaits a telephone call from Mrs. Howard. Finally, it comes. Who's Susan? This is Bertie Howard, Cap. Where are you? Down on the beach at the Tango Canyon. What happened? He had the stuff stashed down here in the canyon. I turned over the dope to him and picked up the merchandise. Are you alone? Yeah, he left me. You've gone to his house on South. Yeah, I know where it is. Well, he's either there or at his service station on Beverly. Okay, Bertie. We'll get on him right away. Want a car to pick you up? No, thanks. I've still got bucks there. While Sigurd leads one detachment of men to Cronin's house, 
Inevitably, Taylor detectives speed to Cronin's gasoline station to watch out for him. At the house, Siegel runs into an unforeseen difficulty. Hey, Joe, you and a couple of the boys see it around at the back of the house. Those dogs are better than a siren. Don't let anyone make a getaway. Uh, we can't go and shoot this kid. Those hounds will tell us to pieces. A couple of slugs will get you. Hey, wait a minute. Somebody's opening the door. Quiet down these dogs and let us in. You heard me quiet down these dogs. Now listen, girlie, I like dogs, but I hate to have to shoot such nice animals as these. But if you don't quiet them down, they will let them have it. Officers of the law. Let's see it. 
Boy, what a relief. What do you mean, Jeff? Here's my four grand all marked and tucked away. This is all we need on Mr. Cronin, boys. The case is closed. What we want now is Mr. Cronin himself. Let's go. Let's go. To his service station. house under guard of two detectives and placing the Negro maid under arrest, Siegel and his men drive to Cronin's service station. Approaching the brilliantly lit corner, they drive up behind the police car, which has been detailed to search the place. Captain Siegel talks to his men. How about it, Shipwood? He's in there. Been in there for an hour and a half. He's got a lie on him all the time. Good. Come on. How'd you make out at the house? Well, he's got plenty on this bird now. Hey, there he is. Put him behind the desk in there. Come on. Well, 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 if it ain't the law. Well, I'm your left, Cronin. Well, you guys quit wasting my time and yours. You know you can't get anything on me. We've got plenty on you now, Cronin. Well, what's the charge? Violation state poison act. <laughs> Why don't you get a new job? We mean business, Cronin. We're taking you in. Well, keep your bracelets in your pocket. I'll go along. I'll be out a half hour after I get to Central. Have a few sheets. Call him out, please. Tell him to meet you at Central. Yeah, okay. A lot of good that'll do, Cronin. That's what you think. Captain Sugar escorts the other than Cronin into the squad room at Central and presents him with the facts. Now, Cronin, listen carefully. I demand the mouthpiece. Don't say a word. You don't have to. We ain't letting you talk to your mouth, too. Sorry, boys. Hey, this is unconstitutional. Well, I'll find when to talk about constitutionality. You can't make me talk. Now, listen, Tony. Will you be quiet for a minute? So far, you've done all the talking. Now, listen. Just this. No one's asking you to talk. They're just asking you to listen. Oh, I see. Better get a bedtime story, eh? Time don't pay. The policeman's your friend and all that bunker. Eh? You'd be a lot better off if you'd listened to him before. I'll pipe down and get this. You're through. We got enough on you to send you up for a neat little set. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't got any tricks up my sleeve. Now, here's the lowdown. You sold a hundred ounces of morphine to Mrs. Howard today. She paid you with my money. Money I marked myself. We just raided your house and recovered that money. And you know what we found when we found the money. Fifty-five gallon cans with alcohol and $10,000 worth of narcotics. Well, how about it, Nails? Does your mouthpiece will do you any good now? That you can talk a jury out of that evidence? Captain. Yeah? Can you... May I talk to you privately? Sure. Come on into my office. You'll, uh, pardon us, won't you, boys? Sit down, Nails. Cigar? Yeah. Thanks. White? Thanks, Captain. Now, what's on your mind? Let's go, Captain. You really got the good one. Enough to give you a maximum sentence. So it. So it. Sort of. Let's go, Captain. Here's the key. Two to my safe deposit box. Fifty thousand dollars in that box. And crap. Let's do take the key. Have to the 20 grand. I can't let you go now. I know it. But all I ask is this. You take 20 grand, forget some of the evidence you've got against me. 
No, I better take some kind of a lap. You can make it easy on me, Captain. How do you know I won't take the whole 50 grand? Because you're an honest man, Captain Kruger. Boys, Conan just offered me a $20,000 bribe to go easy on him. Here's the key to his safe deposit box. I guess that's good, George. Conan, come on. Wait a minute, Captain. You're right, Conan. I'm an honest man, and I'm not taking any bribes. That, my dear Conan, is part of the job of being an honest man. Captain, 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 there goes the big shot of the Los Angeles racket. There goes a big cry, lady. Yeah. He reminds me of that guy in a gangster picture, Cap. He could fish it out, but he couldn't take it. Thank you. 